Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Derek Bowman, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's it's really great to have you. I'm really excited to. We haven't had a guest on the show for some time. It's been like like a whole summer. We haven't had a guest on the show. We've just been um, going flying solo essentially. So really happy to have you on to um, learn from you, kind of you know get some of your insights and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah, definitely welcome. And uh, unfortunately. In this episode, we do not have um, Patrick Cox. We don't have the, the fine graces of Patrick Cox to join us. Um, so it'll just be us. Um, but I am still very excited for um, a great episode with you, Derek. Oh, bummer. Well, we'll do, we'll do just fine. Yeah, I think so. Who needs him, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, can be, you can be the next Patrick. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, hi, Bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... That's some, some big shoes to fill for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, but we, we want to learn from you today where we have you on. Uh, we want to learn from your experience and kind of just gleam something new from you today. So we'll just jump right into that. Um, so Derek, uh, just to learn a little bit more about who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are <laughs> and um, also where you currently work? Yeah, Absolutely. So I'm Derek Bowman. I am a designer, design leader. I'm currently the director of product design, a company called MX, based in uh, Lehigh, Utah. We are a financial data platform for banks, credit unions, fintechs to build on top of and, and help power their digital experiences. And I've been there a little over six years. Uh, it's been an amazing ride, seen a ton of growth. I started, there was like 140 employees and we, I think we just passed 700 this week. And so like just amazing, tremendous growth there. And I've done a lot of things over the years there, held different roles and uh, most recently been building the, the UX team. Um, but besides that, I'm also a husband, I'm a father, I have two boys and I have an undergrad in graphic design that when I started in design, you know, a decade, a dozen or so years ago. And then just recently, very recently finished uh, an MBA program from the University of Utah. And that's kind of been my yeah. latest adventure for the last two years and um, just wrapping that up. And so that's kind of kind of where I'm at a little about me. Awesome. And congratulations on that. That's that's a really cool achievement. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, especially it feels as a good designer. to be done. You don't hear that much. Yeah, I bet <laughs> for two years working on that. That's that's really awesome. Uh, perfect. So, so you, you mentioned you're you know director of product design at MX. So, can you tell me, Derek, why is it that you wake up every morning and go to work? Like, what, what, why do you get out of being a director? A director? I'm sorry, of product design. What's the point of that for you? <laughs> yeah, good question, and and that's something that I've really loved being in that role, and and I think the the kind of greatest fulfillment there is just seeing the the growth of the team and being part of uh you know the the continued career growth of the individuals on my team and I've been fortunate enough that we've had a lot of tremendous talent join the team and we we've really kind of built it up over the last two years from essentially at one point it was just me uh after we had some turnover I was like the only designer left and have kind of built it up to 13 designers now. And for me, it's just awesome to see 
just their growth and the way that we've been able to to grow a practice of design within the company and build up uh, sort of our research practice, our interaction design, our design system, kind of starting from scratch essentially and and wow. building it up from there. Um, yeah, that's that's I think kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning is just seeing building something and, and being a part of something uh, and over time kind of seeing the progress that we make. That's really cool. I really love that. I think uh, as like a uh, an IC, an individual contributor designer, you're really excited about building experiences for customers, right? Um, it sounds like you have been really excited throughout your time at MX to be able to build a team and build a practice and build... Um, all of those, all those things that come with design that, that really enable designers to build a better experience. So that's that's just super yeah. awesome that you've been been totally. able to totally like. I, I see it as like that kind of multiplier effect where I'm at a point where you know I don't have to be in Figma all day long. I don't have to be like moving things m- myself. But if I can sort of design the system that designs the designs, then and uh, enable my team to have the autonomy to to do their best work and sort of get out of their way and, and give them a lot of, a lot of freedom and a lot of leeway to, to work in their individual areas that they can do their best work. That's kind of what excites me. That's, that's super awesome. It's kind of like when you're investing money, they say like, get your money to work for you. Right. So you're, you're building a system that's doing the work for you. Right. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, like I want to be, just be the, a resource. I tell them all the time, like, yeah, like I may be the director, but like I'm your helper. You own your area. Like here's an area of the product that that you're going to know more intimately than anybody because you're going to be doing the research. You're going to be talking to customers and users. You're going to know that better than anybody. And so mm-hmm. you'll make the recommendations and the ultimate call on it. And if I can be your helper or facilitator or whatever, then that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really great. So yeah, wonderful way to wake up in the morning. So you get to go do that stuff every day. So very cool. Um, it's too bad you don't get to be in Figma all day. I know that that could maybe be tough for some designers not to be able to do the actual, you know, pixel driving, pushing stuff around, uh, drawing rectangles. Um, but it sounds that's like o- there's that's okay with me because I'm bad at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're bad at it. Well, there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> well, that's, that's very cool. Um, so today, uh, I reached out to you, um, Derek, to talk about, you know, some, some things that are interesting to you. And one of the things that you brought up is um, essentially business thinking um, from, from a designer's perspective. Like, I guess, having that business mindset and why the importance of, I guess, why that is important for a designer. So I'd love to be able to jump into that with you. And it, I think it goes really well with the fact that you just got your MBA. You've been definitely you've been doing a lot of business thinking for the last two years, for sure. It sounds like, um, so can you tell us a little bit about what in, in your mind and in your experience, what is business thinking for design? Yeah. And this is definitely something that I've thought a ton about and kind of what drove me to pursue an MBA. And, and like, I recognize how kind of unique that is, that that's not a common Mm -hmm. path for a designer to go after. And so it, a lot of people ask me, like, well, why did you do that? And, and at the end of the day, it's kind of I wanted to, um, that there wasn't any kind of big driver other than 
I felt the the need and just for myself, I love learning, love just learning everything I can about as many topics as possible. And the the previous two years before I started my MBA, I, I did a, a stint as a product manager for a couple of years at my company as well. Oh. And uh, so I started at my current company as a senior designer. After a while, did a redesign that I wasn't didn't have a ton of confidence that was going to be built. And so I kind of took on the, the mantle of a product manager just to see those designs through. And the, <laughs> that gave me a really interesting perspective, kind of being on the other side, uh, being on the product management side for a couple of years that yeah. really kind of informed and shaped the way that I now think about design. And I am glad that I went back to design, but I also am extremely grateful for the time that I spent as a product manager because of the, the different perspective that it gave me. And what I loved is just the ability in product to work with so many different people that when you're in product, you're working with design, obviously, you're working with engineering, but you're also interfacing with marketing, sales, customer success, customers, uh, prospects, industry analysts and everything. And I I just loved dipping my toe in all those different areas. And I thought I was doing pretty well at it and was being pretty scrappy, kind of learning as I I went all those areas. And and I always remember this, that I had a a one-on-one with uh, our, we we hired a chief product officer and I had a one-on-one with him. And I thought I was doing pretty well, but I asked for some feedback and and he kind of humbled me a lot where he said, uh, (laughs) just a few words where he said, it's clear this is all very new to you. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but it really kind of hit me hard. And I thought a lot about that, that it was like the, when we were a younger kind of smaller startup, they just needed people to kind of jump in areas and like cover all of the different bases. But as we grew, there was a need for like more mature knowledge, more mature leadership and management to kind of, grow with the company and mm-hmm. the the benefit of being in a company that's like really fast growth is those opportunities exist if you can kind of keep up with the growth of the company and and when he when he said that like this is all very new to you then i i thought well i want i want to rise to that challenge i want to be able to take on additional skills to to be able to grow with this company and kind of see a lot of these things that i've been working on come to fruition and and build the team, you know, while I'm at it. And so that kind of inspired me to, to go after an MBA, just merely for my own kind of skill development and personal growth. And uh, I saw that as, as really a path where, as I went back into design, because I, I went back to design at the same time I started the MBA, and it gave me a really interesting perspective as I was building the team in this new kind of director of design role, learning about, different kind of business functions and, and how that applies to design, how I could better empathize with different departments within the company and then help them see the value that design can bring to their areas and, and sort of serve as a translator layer between what my team had to offer and what they were kind of looking for in marketing, in you know product engineering. And uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you see a lot of designers sort of lamenting the fact that they feel underappreciated or they don't feel like others understand what they do. 
or the value that they can bring. And I wanted to, if I could in any way, even in kind of my own microcosm, be a translator to kind of show off and showcase and and tell bring tell the the value that my team could bring that that you know we'd be kind of better off as a company i always strongly believe that that design has a, a really important role to play it just kind of needs to be unlocked yeah that is okay you've blown my mind with your explanation at least four times that is uh, super interesting. A, lot, a couple of things there that I really want to unpack. So the first, I have never heard of a designer that was worried about something not, one of their designs not getting implemented. And so they became a PM to make sure it gets implemented. That is, that just was, the, that's the coolest, most baller design move I've ever heard. So <laughs> Well, some of so it, I, I had done some sort of work like that at a previous company. Where the, okay. The, before I got into like a tech kind of SaaS company, I had never been in a company that had a PM. And so in previous companies, I had, you know, done some project management work, done some kind of developer okay. release planning and things like that. And so I had kind of just stepped into those previously. Like I didn't know like, oh, that's actually what a PM is supposed to do. And so mm-hmm. that's how I've kind of been my whole career is just if I see like a need, I, I kind of feel this urge to, you know, be the one that jumps in to help solve it. And so that's, yeah. I had designed this design and I was like, this design is not going to get built if I don't like jump in and do it. And so I did. <laughs> and it felt normal at the time. It felt like the natural thing to do, but. That's, that's so cool. Um, that's, I think that's going to solve so many designers' problems that are listening to this, that are worried about their work not getting completed. All they got to do, which, of course, this is not an easy thing, to figure out how to be a PM and, you know, be that, um, bring that skill set and connect, you know, everyone in the company to this, this, this solution. And, and as you said, like, unlock that design. That is so cool. Um, so really awesome pro tip right there. I don't know I that I'd recommend that. that. PM work is hard, <laughs> hard work. Like that gave me an empathy for what they do every day. That is a hard, hard job. Like everyone listening should go the next time they see their PM and just thank them because nobody else is thanking them. That's the most thankless job. PM work is hard, hard work and nobody ever thanks them. They they just get kind of the the blame for for everything and and they're never going to make everyone happy. Everyone has, you know, everyone is talking to them about how the product can be better and you can't please all of them. You have to make the one the call to, to make those trade-offs. That is a hard job. So I'm for for nothing else, I'm glad for the two years that I spent as a PM just to kind of give me that perspective. That is awesome. I don't think we've given enough loves to enough love to PMs in this podcast. So I'm I'm glad you're bringing that. It's absolutely true. Um, I have seen countless times in my career when the finger gets pointed at PM. It's always like engineering's mad at PM, sales is mad at PM. Yep. Like everyone, it always like comes down to PM <laughs> that uh, they, they're always the ones that are getting the blame for everything. So I, I absolutely <laughs> resonate with that. And they do have to make those hard decisions all the time. And and I think also something that I'm, I'm really learning and I, I kind of took away from what you were saying before is what like that business thinking is and that business mindset is and that the strength that PMs bring um, to projects is they're such good connectors. It, it, they're able to connect 
um, you know, the design, the user perspective to engineering and to marketing and sales and, and customer success, all that sort of, all those different departments. And they have to be that kind of that hub and they have to make all these decisions for the business, right? As designers, we get to just really focus on the users. We get to really just be like, okay, this is what the users say. This is all the research and this is, this is the way we have to go, right? But the PMs, they do have to, uh, they have to, as you said, make those hard decisions to make sure the business is also being, the business needs are being met as well. Designers have to consider that, right? But the PM does have to really drive that and, De- and definitely. it comes down to them, right? Yep. <laughs> so, and, and, and kind of where I was at, or my hypothesis in going after the MBA is that designers more and more in the future as, as design as a profession matures and as design leadership uh, continues to evolve, that those uh, uh, design leader is not just someone who excelled incredibly as an IC. And I think there's been a lot of like people that get promoted into a design leader role because they were a really good IC, but management really is a totally different job. Like it's that old saying that what got you here won't get you there. And I think more and more design will be called upon to have an opinion about those things and not just to lean on the PM as the the main one who is making that call. They may be the final call, but the more that I think design leaders can level up in those areas, the more they'll be a true partner in the strategic part of the design, which you, you constantly see designers wishing that they were a part of. And in some ways it's like, well, you're not a part of that because that that's a skill set that you don't have yet or that yeah. there's there's maybe some more that you can build and learn there and at least that was the the feeling that I had at least for myself I'll just speak for myself is that I'd be able to provide a lot more value that my opinions would hold more weight if I could kind of ground them in their own language and and learn more about the finance side of the business the um, sort of the engine that that drives a lot of the leadership decisions. If I'm going to be in those leadership meetings, which I hope to be, which I am, um, and part of that I credit to being able to you know speak their language and translate the value that design can bring into those types of language, or to see it from a way that is like, is this actually providing value? We as a design team might mm-hmm. think it's providing value, but in terms of economics, in terms of operational effectiveness, is is that doing what we want it to do? Awesome. That is really cool. So now I, I kind of want to pivot into like, for, for, for those that are listening, uh, asking, okay, how do I actually get better at this? How can I grow that skill set? Uh, now, w- what would you recommend uh, for, for how designers can actually start to implement that. I, I think what you're saying is so cool uh, because those, those you know, CEOs, the, the high-level executives, they need to, they're the stakeholders in the, as part of the design, right? And designers need to make sure that they're meeting their needs and that their work is going to you know, be noticed by them so that they can be moved forward, right? And as you're saying, being able to speak their language has to be absolutely critical so that they can understand why this design, uh, why this user experience um, is actually going to help the company. So they can say, okay, you know, do it, um, go build that. 
that user experience because you've proven it well as a designer. So let's say I'm a designer listening to design much. I, I want to learn how to do this. So what is, how, how would you actually recommend somebody learn to, to be more of a business thinker and be able to speak um, that language? Yeah. And the, what I, I want to be really clear about is my path is not my actually recommended path. It, it might be for folks, but I, I chose as my way to go about this 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 problem of leveling up my design thinking, marrying it with my kind of creative background, my design background to become a better leader. I chose to go a two year master state university route and which is very uncommon for design. And I chose that just mm-hmm. simply so that I could do it quickly and have the forcing function of sticking with it. Uh, but that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I would say. Someone that wants to do this is that's not the only path that could be taken. In fact, there's a lot that I might even recommend ahead of that. And I think there's just in any way that you can invest in yourself, learning about, you know, financial structures, business models, you know, how does your company even make money? Can you answer that uh, as a designer? Like, do you even know, how your company makes money, how it, you know, gets value from its customers, how it delivers value to its customers. And just starting with that question and, and kind of unpacking that, you could simply just start by, you know, asking some of those cross-functional folks. We're a profession of empathy that is all about like learning from others and empathizing with their perspectives. Just simply go talk to some of those other cross-functional folks in your company that's maybe a place to start and just get to know things from their perspective how what decisions are they facing every day what challenges do they face in the finance side of your company in marketing in sales in support um, in operations that's maybe a, a place to start but there's also so many resources out there I think a lot of others have kind of grappled onto this idea that design is going to be called upon to be in more a more strategic part of the business if they're willing to step up to that challenge. And a lot of folks have started to, there's a lot kinds of amazing resources that have come out of that, uh, which is somewhat validating to me in that I came upon that kind of thought, or that's my personal thesis. Like for example, there's, there's a lot of books and podcasts. There's one that I really like that's called the DMBA podcast. That's the design MBA. And uh, he's got a design background, but he talks like a mini MBA. And simply by listening to, to that or some of the other resources that he shares, um, that's kind of a mini way, accelerated way maybe to do it different than the path that I took. But that still, I think, accomplishes a similar goal of just, you know, empathizing with some of those other partners. Envision came out with a book last year called Business Thinking for Designers. Uh, it's written by a guy named Ryan Rumsey, who actually had the opportunity to meet, and he's a really smart guy, design background, but has worked in kind of the business side and writes from a designer perspective. And I, I actually love those resources because when I take my courses from the university, it's not from a designer perspective. I'm the only designer in the class, or I was, and where these resources are written from a designer's perspective, and they kind of stick to just the pieces that would be relevant to a designer and the pieces that are probably going to give them the most value. 
like I would start start there. But any investment in any of those areas, like I said, is I believe will pay dividends in just their ability to have influence within your company. That's real. That's awesome. Wonderful tips. Um, I'll definitely have to check out a lot of those. <laughs> so that's really great. So my next question for you is, I'm wondering at this point, like let's, let's say we're starting to learn more about business and, and how we can speak that language, how we, we can incorporate that knowledge into our design. Uh, let's say I'm a designer that already, you know, I'm, I'm working with a PM. I'm working with a product manager on my project. How do I collaborate with them? And let's say I have business, um, a lot more business knowledge at this point. That, that individual, of course, is already bringing that sort of stuff to the table, right? They're, they're already, they're being that connector. They're, they're speaking that language. They're making a lot of those um, business decisions as part of your design and, and collaborating with you. So how have you brought that extra business need, um, I guess that bit extra business um, kind of understanding and experience while working with a product manager? Yeah. Yeah, good question. So at my level, I work a lot with our VPs of product on, and they're working on like roadmap and strategy. And I get to hear a lot, the things that are on their mind at that higher leadership level of like, these are the things that, that we're seeing in the market, or these are things that are trends that we are, you know, we're, we're going to have to respond to, or this is a competitor thing that's happening. And to be able to, when they're voicing those types of concerns, be able to jump in and say, hey, would you like help validating that? Like, we've, we're assuming that or that we're seeing that trend. Like, let me tell you about some of the services that my team offer. Like, we have research capabilities. We have, you know, we can prototype and test. Like, some of those things that you're seeing that we need to respond to, be it competitive pressure, market pressure, those types of things, design can help you meet those strategic outcomes. And oftentimes I think where co- design is coming at things from a different direction. Like you said, we do have the the user on our mind. We're thinking a lot about the end users and that, but as so, some other uh, folks that I follow have talked about, uh, particularly uh, Paul Adams from Intercom, I, I really like what he says to designers a lot that is recognizing that Sales is talking to customers and you, and probably a lot more than you are. Even as a, a researcher, we'd like to think that we're the voice of the user or we're the voice of the customer. But there are folks in our companies that are probably talking to customers and users a lot more than we are. And, mm-hmm. they, and so being able to also use them as a resource and saying, hey, like, what are you hearing over there? Oh, let's combine that with what we're hearing over here from research and and some of our stuff let's put all of that into one pot for product management and so at our company we've been building out a research repository that kind of aggregates any kind of feedback that we're getting from from the market from user research from custom from ux from cx from anyone that's doing research into one kind of pot that then helps the uh, product management make their decisions and i think that's at the end of the day, design if design can influence the, the decisions that get put on the roadmap, that's I think that's the influence that we're after. And so I don't know, that's yeah. kind of a rambling, but that's kind of what comes to mind. No, that's that's absolutely perfect. Uh, I 
I mean, you've been absolutely right about how so many designers, they say they want a seat at the table. They want to be able to be heard um, at the company and they feel like they're not being heard. Um, and I, I think a lot of this absolutely resonates with with my career as I've you know been able to work <laughs> work on things that help like better speak, better give like results that, you know, the business leaders really want to see in terms of here's this design, here's like the experience. And, you know, here's what, what we could see in terms of, of growth, you know, of, mm -hmm. of that sort of stuff. And so like that, and then they get so excited about seeing that stuff. Cause that's again, like, as you said, like it's, it's the language they speak and it's the way they understand the world. And so as, as I think we, we grow that way a lot more, um, it will definitely help us get that, that seat yeah. at the table. <laughs> it will help us well, gain that influence, which is really important. Yeah. But I, I, so I mentioned this Paul Adams talk. Uh, it was at a UX conference a couple of years ago. So he's the head of product at Intercom and he's got a design background. Um, and it's called uh, The End of Naval Gazing. And I highly recommend any designer go yeah. check that out. And it's somewhat, he, he frames it as somewhat controversial. But I think that it's like really needed medicine for any designer to, to think about because we, we do talk so much about our about getting a seat at the table so that we can have more influence so that we can uh, be part of the strategic decision. It's all about us. We, like we, for a, a, a profession that is so rooted in empathy, like we're, we're taking it from a very self-centered point of view. And, and what I love about what he talks about is like getting that seat at the table is not about, be, you know, then, then how can we become how, how can we get people to listen to us? It's like, well, how much listening are you doing to them? And for me, part of getting the, the MBA and leveling up in design was purely about an exercise in empathy with all of these other stakeholders that have, the, to, you know, that it's a round table and that there's like, we're all kind of peers shoulder to shoulder at this table. And we're just, we're just bringing one piece to it. And if we can empathize and, and have a baseline level of communication with each of those other functions, then I think now we're cooking with gas. Like now we're able to like build product and build company together jointly. And it's not just about let yeah. me get a seat at the table so that I can, you know, like evangelize design. Like when we see ourselves as just one piece of a larger thing then I think we're much more effective that way. That's, that's an excellent point. Design brings a lot of really important aspects to the table, but of course, even though we think we do, we don't know everything. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we do really need to rely on a lot of other aspects of, of the pie, as you said, for sure, to be able to make the correct business decisions, the correct user decisions, right, for the business to really be successful. So... Design like needs that they, they need to have that influence to be able to to voice you know the work that they've been working on and to voice that user empathy that, that they're able to bring to the table in that unique way. Um, but it, it's not that they should like be the only voice or like a really loud voice. It's it's it, it's so they could actually have the voice, bring that to the table, but also work with others to make sure you're making the right decisions. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like. It's, it's about a, a bit of humility, a bit, uh, a lot of empathy and just saying that we do have an incredible, unique skill set of creativity, yeah. of, 
uh, perspective of, you know, taking ideas and expanding upon them, ideating and coming up with more ideas and being able to synthesize those down. That's a, a unique skill set at that table. And we have so much that we can bring. And what I really believe is that, like I said at the beginning, a lot of that has kind of yet to be unlocked because it's not understood. And part of it's not understood because we're not understanding the others and communicating in a way that they, you know, that is mutually um, understood. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that so much. That's super awesome. So I think, I think this has been a lot of really interesting information about um, the importance of business thinking, how to go about actually start learning about business thinking and also implementing that um, as a designer. Um, so I was wondering um, if you can kind of tell me as well, uh, you've gotten your MBA now. You, you kind of had that, that thesis, that hypothesis of like, you know, this is something that's really important for designers to do. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell me how that's been going, how that, that thesis of yours, um, you kind of mentioned in some ways it has been validated, um, here and there. Uh, but can you speak a little bit more to how you've, as you've been implementing this throughout your career? Um, and I guess throughout the, the time you've been learning a lot more about, um, you know, business, um, as you even applied that earlier when you were, you know, at a company as a PM, um, how has that actually changed how a company is doing or how, you know, the users you're serving as a designer have been affected? How, how is that thesis actually yeah. either coming true or maybe not coming true in yeah. some cases? Well, it was really interesting as I was going through my program because I was doing it while I was working and which to me was the, the best way to do it because something that I heard the night before in my after work program I could put into practice like the very next day or be like, this applies exactly with what I'm working on right now. And, um, and a lot of it was just kind of putting together the pieces to, to knowing, Oh, like, like I was trying to get better analytics or better visibility into some of our user behavior on our platform. And I had a class that I was learning about information systems and the way databases worked. And, the very next day I had a meeting with one of our database engineers just to talk about getting some better reporting into some dashboards and some of our analytics stuff so that my team could make better decisions based on user behavior. And we realized that, that no one had created this kind of database schema diagram of what data was even available to us to be able to make UX decisions off of. And hmm. because of that class, I went and created this database schema diagram and then shared it with that engineer to say like, this is, th there's this piece of data that we're not using. And this would tell us this, you know, X thing about our users. How can we get that? And it's crazy that, that no one has created this diagram before. And he's like, why in the world is a designer creating a database <laughs> sch schema diagram? And, and for me, it was like, well, because I want it to know this thing about the user and no one else is thinking about that. Like that's my role to think about the, the user experience and the user behavior. And if that is inside of a database somewhere and I have a, you know, and I know almost nothing about it, but I know enough to know that to, 
tell this this database engineer that that's what I want, <laughs> um, then like stuff like that. It was just so valuable. Um, you know, there was also classes that I had about around like hiring and I was doing a ton of like hiring and building a team culture and, um, you know, how to, to motivate and, and inspire a team and things like that, that just immediately were applicable. Um, I don't know. There was just so many things that I'd learn it on Tuesday and on Wednesday and Thursday, I was already kind of thinking about how that could we, how we could take user research and make it more repeatable so that we could spend more time recruiting the right participants and kind of operationalizing the, and templatizing some of the workflow to make it as repeatable. So we could think about higher level things. Um, and so like wow. I had an operation class that talked about like how to make things more efficient and how to create flow through a system and so many things like that. Like, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> That's Oh man, you are you are a hero, uh, straight up hero, Derek. That's that's super awesome. Um, I I love how you're learning those things and immediately you're able to apply them. You just you know you're just gonna go okay. I learned this thing. I'm just gonna you know try it out here. Uh, that's not easy to do, especially if it's your first time doing something like that. So uh, that's, that's so awesome. Well, the, and the, one of the things I liked about the MBA is that it's a very generalist degree. That meaning that you don't uh-huh. learn a ton of like hard skills that you need to go do yourself. It's an administrative sort of degree where you learn enough to know that you can go talk to uh, someone in finance that is managing the budget for your team and why you can't get additional headcount. And you can say hmm. like, well, shouldn't it be like this? And and I, I don't know enough. I know enough to be dangerous enough to know that if we just did this thing, it would fix it or that database thing. I don't know a thing about databases. He like the guy I was working with, like he knew statistics. He knew all of these things. But I know now what I'm after because I have a baseline level of knowledge. And so I don't think it needs to be a mastery level of any of this. It's certainly not. Just enough to know, just enough to empathize and communicate. I love that. And a lot of th- these examples you're giving also, they're just like so much that you don't really learn about as a designer. <laughs> like there's so many things about business that designers don't know that I can totally say I have no idea how to navigate um, so many of these things. Like I, I can go like, I can solve problems, right? But I, I don't think about like how to how to make my, <laughs> make my process scale way better. And so I, I don't have to worry too much about all the, the finite things because I'm worrying about how to make that scale for the user. That's what I'm really worried about as a designer. Um, so I think there's there's so many different things that that I I haven't even considered as a designer that I could potentially incorporate um, and skills that I could use to make a lot of the roadblocks that I have and that, that many designers have working at a company just kind of, I guess, fall apart. If you kind of know how to navigate those things and talk to those individuals and figure out problems business related problems to help internal um, organizations that's uh, this is mind-blowing it's just so funny like it when when you're a designer and you're considering okay what are the other things that I can educate myself on it always comes up that like you could learn like how to code right Mm -hmm. it's always you're you're the UX unicorn when you know how to do all the UX stuff and then you also know how to code that makes you amazing but 
Um, this is showing me that there's a lot of interesting things that designers can also learn about, about business and how that could really help them. Because I think the majority of us, I'm just going to say it, we're all clueless when it comes to business stuff. Um, I think a lot of that is the missing piece that a lot of them are after. A lot of designers are saying, (laughs) Hey, I want, I want to be heard. I want to, you know, show what I'm capable of. And, uh, simply for the purpose of communication and just unlocking mm-hmm. communication, speaking someone's language, like if, if that gets you heard and that gets you, um, you know, your, your potential reached because, Oh, okay. I see what you're capable of. Like I see why research is valuable. I see why interaction design prototyping mitigates risk. Um, if you can frame it in those types of terms, then you're listened to, then you feel heard, then you have oxygen. Um, so that I think is a missing piece in, in a lot of designers arsenal. I really think it is. I think, I think we're so good and we're, we're so focused on the user and that, that empathy for the user. And many times we're like clamoring, okay, like this is, these are all the usability problems. We really need to fix these. Please, you know, give us the funds to fix them. Right. But no one's listening because it's so hard to actually say, okay, well, if I fix, if we fix that, we put the funds to that, is that really going to help our business? Uh-huh. You're not really demonstrating in yeah. a very Do you, do you even know what you're asking for, right? Yeah, you're asking exactly. for funds. Where did those funds come from? How much are there? Uh, you know, what's, if we fix those, is that a worthwhile spend of those funds? Like, yeah, the, those are the questions that that arises for someone. And if we don't have answers, then yeah, no wonder we're not trusted, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It, it, I mean, they're, they're really, what's keeping them up at night is not really the usability of the site. It's like, how do we keep the lights going? Especially if you're working like a smaller startup, right? They're, they're having to just like, you know, bootstrap everything and they're having to work so hard to, to, to keep them in the black, right? Uh, to, to keep the company going. And they're hearing maybe a designer every once in a while, like complaining about how they have to fix usability. Or we have like these uh, these design problems we have to, to redo essentially. They're like, okay, we can do that later. Like we, yeah. <laughs> there's and no clear reason why I have to do it's, that. Now. It's not that those things are not important. They're super important. Yeah, and so that's, they, they need to be contextualized in the right way so that they're, you know, that the, that it's a compelling argument of why that's a worthwhile thing to do. Yep. And maybe you do that that's analysis and you're like, Oh, actually like, that's not the best use of our time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then you might realize, okay, you know, those individuals at the top of the business really know, you know, what, what it is that needs to be done to keep this business going. Like they're going to have a lot of, a lot of great insight for you as you do those stakeholder interviews. Uh, you need to understand, and you've, you've talked about this too earlier, like you need to understand the needs of the business so that you can make sure that they um, overlap with the needs of your users. That, that of course, like equals success, right? For, yeah. for your users and for the business. And then th- th- that revenue comes, right? But if, if you can't meet that um, because you don't know what the needs of the business are, you don't know how your business makes money, as you said before, um, you're going to have some problems actually justifying a lot of the design work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be the right decisions yep. that you're making. If you're going to create so, a win-win scenario yeah. between the business and the user, you need to know what a win is for both of those parties. Yes, precisely. This is awesome. Uh, perfect. Uh, well, Derek, uh, my last question for you, you've, you've gotten 
This is this is the funny question. Like when when somebody uh, when they just like win the World Series at the end of like the baseball game or whatever, <laughs> they go up to him and like, "What's next for you? You just won the World Series. What's next?" Um, so my my question for you, Derek, you just got your MBA in in you guys got your your MBA as a designer, which nobody ever does. <laughs> What's next for you? <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm going to Lagoon, right? That's what you say. <laughs> yes. We we actually are going to Lagoon tomorrow with the company. So perfect. No, but it's a good really, <laughs> really. I'm um, I'm taking some time off. Uh, I, or I took some time off when I finished, which was much needed. You know, doing that for the last two years, in addition to work. Um, you know, my wife and my amazing wife and my kids have kind of put up with that. And so we took some time off, uh, and got to, you know, spend some time together. And now I'm kind of have a goal to not take on, I have a tendency to take on too many things. And so right now I'm, I'm focused on my role of director and, and building my team and trying not to take on anything outside of that right now. You know, who mm-hmm. knows in a little while, I'll probably have the itch to do something else, but for right now, I'm uh, I'm putting it into practice, I guess you could say. That's a good call. Very good call. Well, that 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 sounds great. I want you to enjoy your time at Lagoon. Uh, get some rest <laughs> after what must have been a very uh, lot amount of work for the last two years. Um, so, yeah, absolutely do that. So, Derek, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been a very awesome conversation. And it's been a pleasure. I've had my mind blown me. many times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll let you go. Uh, go. You go rest. You go get ready for your trip to Lagoon. Um, in the meantime, Derek, uh, thanks for coming on so much. Thank you. Love the podcast. Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contacts and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.